Welcome to the JJC podcast experience. I am Kumo Kumalo and today I'm here with Grace Nyafungwea. And today we are speaking about xenophobia. Uh, the podcast today is titled Not Your National Anthem. Um, I think I'm going to give reason to why I wanted to do this and why this topic came up. At the end of the first term for private schools, one of my friends had asked if it was okay for him to kneel during the national anthem. Me being a proud South African asked him, why would you do such? But secondly, me being a black individual in a white institution said, you're risking your opportunity. When he explained it to me and explained that xenophobic attacks are happening in South Africa, yet we're not paying any attention to them, I realized there was an issue. There was a gap. There was a conversation that need needed to be had. But now we're here. Now we're here to unpack what's happened over the last couple of years, last couple of months, and really how we all, as South Africans, are perpetrators of xenophobia. So, welcome, Grace. I think I'm going to let you take it off with what xenophobia is in the most common context of South Africa and of the world. Okay, so I think that it's important for us to define what xenophobia is. And personally, I believe that xenophobia is the discrimination against individuals on the basis of their nationality. And within South Africa, xenophobia manifests itself as Afrophobia because you really only see this level of animosity towards foreign nationals who come from neighboring African countries. And I see this on social media. You see this play out in your life, especially during um, the years of 2009 2015 2019 and this year they've been a uh there were very hectic waves of xenophobic attacks particularly in 2009 i think about 60 people were killed and 50,000 people were i think deported 2015 quite a few people were killed then as well and this has just caused a a lot of unrest amongst foreign nationals who aren't in the country. They're seeing what's happening to their brothers and sisters and they are seeing how the police are not doing anything to protect these people and also people who live within the country because they don't feel safe. These foreign nationals are coming to South Africa because they are fleeing from poverty. They're fleeing from mass unemployment, especially those who come from like Zimbabwe. And now they don't feel safe in this country. Their homes are being burnt down. They're being killed. They're being burnt alive. They can't go back home but they also can't stay here and you see that these people who do uh, commit these attacks it's because they believe that these foreign nationals are guilty of increasing crime and selling drugs and doing uh, a b c d but one this isn't only exclusive to these foreign nationals there are south africans who are committing guilty of committing these crimes and uh secondly these are uh, so secondly, um, the, their anger is misplaced. I believe that their anger is misplaced because at the end of the day, the problems that they are that uh, that they are uh, that are causing them oof, that they're angry at, such as um, mass poverty, the high unemployment. It's not the foreign nationals' fault that these problems uh, exist in our country. It's at the it's the fault of the government. But they're taking out their anger on these people because they believe that these foreign nationals are coming in and are stealing their jobs, stealing their jobs, and are taking what they believe that they are entitled to by virtue of just being a South African citizen. And when you look. For further into this, foreign nationals are being given these jobs. They aren't taking them forcefully or 
force forcefully people are willingly offering they, them these jobs and who are them to not take not take these jobs because at the end of the day they're here because they need to support themselves and their families and yeah i think you're okay you touched on a lot mm-hmm. um i think where i want to start is kind of like the afrophobia of um thing because firstly one you've introduced me to this i wasn't known i didn't know about it um but secondly do you actually think that there's an idea that we only look at foreigners being individuals of color like i know definitely through like history afrikaans individuals and individuals who are like the colonizers have become more south african and i put that in air quotations but do you actually believe that it's only to african individuals or do you think that there's more to it that we just aren't discussing or do you think it's a class thing that because um individuals who do immigrate into the country are normally in the lower class and are just easier to get to they're an easier target than everyone in the upper class I think it also has to do with how these people view immigrants as well because most immigrants are believed to be people who are moving into the into these countries they've been given visas because they're going to contribute something towards the economy and I think while well, the hostility comes from the fact that so many South Africans especially those who live in these low income communities and are plagued with these issues believe that these people aren't bringing value towards the economy they are just bringing problems they're bringing in crime they're selling drugs they're doing a b c d and this is where the disparity is with regards to how they view uh european foreign nationals and uh african foreign nationals yeah, i guess that's an interesting take um because i remember trevor noah who one of one of my favorite comedians made a comment a couple of years back um stating that we mistake african individuals as the only foreigners um and we're attacking the wrong individuals and i think i don't think he was saying that we should attack white individuals i think what he was saying was that we shouldn't utilize foreigners as scapegoats we shouldn't say that they're the ones taking our jobs and they're the ones who are causing all of these diseases poverty and everything else that happens in south africa um but with that conversation and with that understanding like Do you think these are attacks that happen when there's a crisis in South Africa or do you think these are just common attacks that we look over because I mean if I look to 2015 which we all remember because it was kind of a wave of attacks for a couple of months um it was very clear that individuals felt like they didn't have jobs they didn't have their place in South Africa um and they're the ones who were being looked over um now going into 2019 and obviously now seeing the attacks happening again Do you think it's because we've gone through a crisis as a country and as a result of that crisis we're trying to find reason or we're trying to find more validation in the fact that we didn't do it to ourselves that there should be exterior factors which we should be paying attention to who are the reason why we are the way we are so obviously covid being one of the factors but the fact that now individuals have lost jobs and are struggling to find jobs do you think that's one of the reasons why xenophobia tends to increase because of crises like this well i think so because i think in 2009 the 
2008, I'm not sure where the recession took place. And then in 2009, there was a whole wave of xenophobic attacks where I mentioned before, I think 60 people were killed. And it's in these times where you do see a rise in animosity towards African um, foreign nationals because, as you said before, they're looking for scapegoats. I think that a lot of people in this country have grown tired of constantly trying to get the government to do their jobs, to actually step in and do what they're supposed to do to help their citizens and to prioritize their citizens. So now they're looking towards what other what other quote unquote problems may be uh, maybe the cause of their um, cause of their issues. That's true, that's true. Um and I think it may be in that fact that people think that foreigners are the cause of our issues that we've made it seem like that. But the reality is that when we look at things such as the Zimbabwean border, which was essentially stopped during the whole of COVID, individuals weren't able to go home and they weren't allowed into the country, that we recognized there was many issues with our neighboring countries and that we weren't doing anything to solve that. Do you think that we need to start shedding more lights on what the livelihood of foreigners is? Because also one thing we don't accept as South Africans or we shy away from is that we don't actually acknowledge how we're better off. I mean, we don't have two different numbers at the end of our ID. People don't question where we're from when we walk into places. And we don't recognize how we just have so much less to worry about. But do you think we should start actually like having full on conversations and actually being like, this is what the reality is for individuals from foreign nations? No, that is 100% necessary because I think what also brings on this animosity towards these foreigners is the fact that they don't have any sympathy for them. They don't understand what they're coming from. You see black people coming in from Zimbabwe are fleeing from poverty. They're fleeing from horrible police brutality and mass unemployment. There are people coming in from countries in East Africa, such as Sudan and Somalia, literally fleeing from war. They're refugees. And people are not trying to understand why they're coming in the first place, why they're trying to seek refuge in South Africa. So because there's that lack of empathy, people are just so ready to attack them because now we have our own problems in SA. We don't want to acknowledge the fact that we are genuinely in a better off position than most people coming in from these countries. So now it's like these people are coming in and they're adding to the problems that we already have now. That's true. So I see I see what you're saying in the sense of we take it as they are the problem when in reality they're coming from a problem um, and we don't recognize their crisis and we only tend to think of ourselves in a bubble because the reality is that South Africa is one of the better off countries in Africa. Um, but moving on from that, I mean, we kind of touched on it. Can you explain Operation Dudula? Because I don't know much of it, but you seem to know quite a lot. Okay, so from my current research, I would define Operation Dudula as a anti-illegal, quote-unquote illegal immigrant vigilante group. And I use those words because they claim to be um, to be going out into their townships, into their communities to weed out the illegal immigrants because they're bringing about crime uh, and other issues into the, into the communities. But 
and it isn't only limited to illegal immigrants because if you actually look into what they're doing and the accounts of people who are in these communicate communities that they're operating within they don't actually make an effort to check their passes to check their documents they do like small little random tests tests to, to test whether they can speak like popular south african languages to s- determine whether they are foreign or not and they chase these people away they threaten them they tell them to go back to their countries and they do this all in the name of protecting the interests of south african people i think one of their main slogans is put south africans first and if you are on twitter you may have seen this during covid it was a very popular hashtag in the beginning stages of lockdown so this is one of their main slogans and i remember one of the leaders was talking at their first branch in northwest talking about how they are taking the law into their own hands because the police are incompetent, according to them, and they're doing what they can to help their communities. And, yeah. I mean, it's pretty interesting to say that, like, they do tests to kind of make it seem if people are South African. Um, Because I guess that's one of the things that many individuals and many South Africans assume, and I think... To an extent, it's problematic that if you can't speak a foreign language, well, not a foreign language, a native language, apologies, that you aren't South African. But the reality is that there's so many individuals who can't speak the native language. Um, There's individuals like me who use English as their predominant language, even though we're Zulu. Um, Like, in these things, do you think it's a cultural tie that makes you a foreigner? Or do you think it's actually the physical representation of whether or not you have papers, whether or not you have a South African citizenship. Um, Because like you've touched on, it's very much that they do small tests. But in reality, do you think that this comes from a place of us trying to figure out if they are South African enough or us just trying to say, because you can't do any of the things that are common to South Africans, that you shouldn't be considered one of us? I think that's like that exposes of like why one of the major inconsistencies in the way they operate because they do these random tests to determine whether people are South African enough, but they don't align with how legal institutions would try to determine how uh, whether someone is South African or not by like their nationality, whether they have uh, legal documents. So. Yeah, and I think it also um, it hurts people, South Africans, who do not fall into that like popular group of or like that confine of what a South African is ex- expected to be. Because I remember reading how even uh, minorities in uh, in the black community, such as vendor people and people who um, speak like Shangan languages, were also attacked because they all, they they couldn't pass those small tests. That's interesting. Um... Because, like, I would have very much... I'm not going to lie. That means I wouldn't be considered South African. Okay, I might have been able to find my way through. Um, But it's interesting to see how even the conception of what is South African um, differs and goes through a lot of what we're doing. Um, But now to talk on the more light-hearted, and I say that in air quotations... What do you think the position of school should be when we talk about things such as xenophobia? Because, I mean, obviously with recent waves of social justice, either being Black Lives Matter or obviously gay rights, something that's become more prevalent in South Africa. And when I say prevalent, I also believe it's still in only in the higher class areas of society. Do you think that schools should be taking more steps to address these issues or 
do you feel that schools should just stay on the neutral side and not really engage with it? Uh, if the schools have enough energy to address issues such as gay rights and Black Lives Matter, issues that I won't lie to you are um, like mainly, how do I put this, like dominated, like mainly addressed in the West, I think that they should take the time to actually address issues that affect us locally, such as xenophobia, because in the, within these schools, there are foreign nationals. There are people whose parents are Zimbabwean like mine. There are people who are born in Zim and moved here. So for the sake of acknowledging those people and acknowledging their humanity, that they should address these issues, it is very much necessary. I hear that. Um, and I actually hear the, I hear the chat about what we mostly address is Western. But do you not feel that it's because people are able to look at it from an arm's length? Um, because if I give to one of my experiences that we had um, at during during 2020, I think, or 2021, it's been a long two years. Um, one of my closest friends had had one of the guys in his class say to him that I'll get you deported because you don't have your papers, right? This was raised to the school um, and the school didn't take much action against it. But because it was seen as harmless and he felt like he wasn't in the right place to deal with it, the school was almost able to brush it off. Do you think that there should be more repercussions for individuals making such jokes? Because, I mean, in all honesty, some of them are lighthearted and some of them are like jokes that friends make to each other. Um, the same way people make fun of what culture you are and calling you and calling me an angry Zulu. Um, I've definitely heard one of my friends say to another friend, and because we're all kind of close circle, like, do you need bread for your village? And it's like, those things are like such lighthearted jokes, but do you think they actually like lead to perpetuating things such as xenophobia? I think first you need to um, establish boundaries especially because like within your friend group the boundaries are way more relaxed because you're all close to each other so of course when you make those jokes with each other they you won't feel any animosity towards each other because it's like oh you know we're friends but when it's someone you aren't close to someone you don't really talk to someone you aren't that familiar with making those jokes it's more problematic because this isn't someone you're familiar with they're going out of their way to engage with you and to make you feel kind of less than because you are different in this particular way and i feel that regardless of whether it's light-hearted or not that person's intentions that person who they offended who they made that joke towards has every right to feel offended and to take it further and schools definitely do need to have a system in place to hold these people accountable because why should people within the school feel uncomfortable or be made to feel less than just because they are of a different nationality i hear that i hear like having to people making you feel less than there has to be systems in place um on a more personal question though and this is something that, that i'm just asking like do you ever feel like you have to hide your nationality in school in public just to fit in um in primary school i won't lie to you i kind of did hey especially towards the end of primary school in grade six and grade seven um there are quite a few zimbabwean teachers and zimbabwean students in my school and i'd always see how people who are more open in expressing their um their culture their shona culture they were kind of like um i won't say condemned but people would always make jokes about them and fair enough for only kids but that kind of does it kind it makes you more hesitant to be uh, uh to express yourself and mm -hmm. to um uh, uh 
just to speak about your culture because i remember in grade six this may be funny to some people but we were learning about the kingdom of mapungube and my surname is mapungube so now the, they used to conflate the two and at the time online i did kind of laugh i i laughed at everything people said mean to me but um now looking back it's uh i i it does kind of make me uncomfortable why is my surname my of a, a integral part of my identity being made fun of uh, like that and also the fact that i'm from zim and my name is grace uh this year i was asked by someone if <laughs> my name was inspired by grace mugabe <laughs> it's so weird and that i know is light-hearted but when it's people i'm not familiar with people i don't really talk to who go out of their way to take jabs at the fact that i'm zimbabwean or to try and make me feel different or somehow about the fact that i'm not from south africa well by culture by birth guys my papers say (laughs) my papers are south african (laughs) but it's instances like that that do kind of make me feel a bit more hesitant to uh to express to like just talk about being zimbabwean and even like my second name and open like just be unapologetic in being zimbabwean i hear that i hear i hear the whole like it's harder to take pride in your identity if everyone makes fun of it um and i think there's a typical sense of like general south africans to like make fun of individuals who are foreign to them because they don't know and they don't understand um but i think kind of as like my last question is do you feel there's a culture between foreigners to prove that you're more foreign because i know with like guys who and i'm going to use gassi because it's the most like one of the words that just came to me um there's a sense to prove that you're more black more south african do you think that happens in the same circles as terms of foreigners and do you think it's a strong thing that happens like do foreigners tend to like come together the same way black individuals do in like white institutions um yes it's definitely a thing i was actually so shocked when i realized how many like connections zimbabwean connections my mom has in south africa like people she literally went to high school with live in the country and she just has she knows all these people who just so happen to live and grow up in zim and i think amongst the first generation immigrants in south africa especially that there is um kind of like a standard where if you don't speak shona if you don't constantly engage with zim culture you aren't considered to be zimbabwean enough and i know but that but i don't meet those standards at all like i don't speak shona i don't really engage with the music and i've been like i've been I've been made fun of at some point because I remember I was attending attending a wedding and I revealed it was a Zimbabwean wedding it was my mom's close friend um and I revealed to like all the other kids there that I didn't know how to speak Shona and everyone was so shocked like people were on my case about it and I felt so bad I ended up having to go to the bathroom and I kind of cried about it because with regards to like the language that really isn't kind that really isn't my fault like my parents really didn't make that much of an effort to teach it to me and just because i don't know the language it doesn't make me any less zimbabwean and just because i don't listen to the music i don't know that much about oliver mtukudzi that doesn't make me any less zimbabwean so yeah i think that there is this kind of expectation especially for people who weren't born in zim to prove to people who are immersed in the culture and like native zimbabweans that oh i do this 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 and that therefore i am zimbabwean okay i think my last question then after that is where do you reside more or what do you say is you do you say you're south african do you say you're zimbabwean do you say you're a bit of both or do you decide do you just decide in the day of 
wear you up? Um, I always like brainstorm this in my head, and I think I just give people different answers as I go. But what I usually just state is that. I was born and raised in South Africa, but with regards to my culture, I am Zimbabwean. I have a Zimbabwean surname, Zimbabwean second name. And I grew up in a Zimbabwean household, but I grew also grew up around South African culture. But also because like I wasn't really like it wasn't really emphasized within my household, like Zimbabwean traditions and values. So mm-hmm. to some extent I really do consider myself more South African than I am Zimbabwean. So yeah. Well, I'm going to say thank you for firstly coming out here and speaking on what would probably be a very controversial topic. Um, I also thank my friend who asked not to be mentioned um, for raising such a specific issue that we don't speak about as South Africans. I think in closing, we need to remember that any prejudice against anyone because they're different, because they're foreign, because we don't understand them isn't justified. Like we shouldn't find reason in people being different. We shouldn't look for reason for people to be different. I think we should all recognize that at the end of the day, we're African, regardless of where we come from, who we are, how we got here, we're African. Because we've all migrated, but we all started in Africa. So I remind you, before you make your jokes, before you make your laughs, before you question someone about their identity, that remember that you might not even be South African yourself. So as we close out, I say thank you I apologize to all the victims of xenophobia and hopefully one day we can reach a solution.